We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. I just adopted a new best friend, and I'm looking for a Toyota so we can make the most out of summer. With a new RAV4, you can take your pup for a drive up the coast. You can take a Prius to the park. Or you can take a Tundra to kayak at a remote lake. One problem, Jan. Oh? My new best friend's a cat. Your summer starts here, but it all ends June 3rd. Toyota, let's go places. Dealer inventory may vary, so your participating Toyota dealer for details. Visit your Front Range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee. And guys, you can get this delicious CBD-infused coffee by heading to StravaCoffee.com. And if you use the code DNVR25, you'll get 25% off your first order of Strava Craft Coffee. And of course, Strava Craft Coffee not only is delicious coffee, but it packs that CBD punch. And CBD helps with aches, pains, migraines, headaches, anything that's going on. A lot of people say it can quell that and make you feel a lot better. And also, a lot of people say that it helps get rid of the coffee jitters. So if you want to have coffee without the jitters, check out Strava Craft Coffee. And after you use that code DNVR25, check out make sure to subscribe to strava and you'll get 20 percent off every single order after that and you can also have it where it's set up just to li- deliver straight to your home every two four six eight weeks however often you want you can set that up so check them out at stravacoffee.com all right ryan let's hop into the show number one for the one and only DNVR and we are live from Studio C. The C stands for Can the Broncos Possibly Beat the Browns? We're going to talk about that today and potentially build a game plan for how they just may do that. But first, I want to give a shout out to our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver. MSUDenver.edu slash online is where you can go to scope out all they have to offer, and they have a lot to offer. So go check them out. Hit that website, MSUDenver.edu slash online. And remember that MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other Colorado institution. So if you're looking for a place to further your education and work a full-time job, there is no better place than MSU Denver. 
My boy, RK, what's up? Little throwback pod. You and I today as Mace is on the road out to Cleveland. And man, you're starting off with some, some nervous energy, man. Can the Broncos possibly beat the Browns? We'll build a big game plan of how, if it's ever going to happen, how it happens. Oh boy, you, you, you're really feeling Broncos country's pain right now. Yeah, I am. Um, and it's funny because Zach, Let's live in a world where the Broncos actually pull off this win. Um, there's still a chance that they could be in first place in the AFC West come Sunday afternoon. Uh, and and it, <clears throat> it just feels like they're 0-6. It, it, it really does. It feels like they're 0-6 right now. Um, and I totally get it. Uh, you know, they've beat three teams who are still on track to get the one, two, and three pick in the draft. Uh, the Lions might have something to say about that. Um, and ever since then, it's just been the same old thing. So I understand why people are feeling this way. But the Broncos hold the keys in their hands to flip it all around in just a couple days by building a great game plan, by executing a game plan, and, uh, and, and by – you know, playing good football. Yeah, exactly. And Ryan, what's crazy is not to get too ahead of ourselves and hello to everyone joining us live on YouTube. Thank you guys so much. Hit us with a like, a thumbs up when you're there. We'd really appreciate it. Um, But Ryan, on, on top of that, after this game, they play the Taylor Heineke Washington football team. Then they play the Cowboys on the road, which is going to be a very, very tough game. But if you beat Washington and then you come home and you play the Eagles if you win this game, you are going into the bye, not just with a winning record, but probably in the playoffs as it were stand today. So it's just, it's crazy where the Broncos season is. It seems like it's flushed down the toilet, but no, we're still we're still sitting on the toilet. We're not flushed down yet, Ryan. There's still hope for this season right now. And something that adds more hope to this game, Ryan is Baker Mayfield just talked to the Cleveland uh, media right now, and it seems like he has maybe half a shoulder among his two shoulders. So that's uh, that's cause for concern for the Browns. He had like half a pork shoulder for lunch? or Yeah, ex no, he ate his own shoulder. <laughs> you know, it sounds like something Gardner Minshew would maybe do to get a red shirt. <laughs> it Okay, so uh, also shout out to Oso Blanco for the Ted Lasso uh, reference there. I understand that reference now because I watch Ted Lasso now. Um, so, Zach, what exactly did he say about that shoulder? Well, what he said was, so he got a second opinion yesterday, so he knows exactly what's going on with his shoulder. And Ryan, he sounds like a doctor talking about it. Pretty much his left shoulder, so non-throwing shoulder, completely just torn apart. The labrum is completely torn apart. And then he said uh, there's other things that are that are impacted as well. But Baker's tough, and he wants you to know he's tough. So that shoulder's completely gone, yet he's still going to play. And he had an awesome quote. He said, only I know how my body feels. It's my decision on if I play. I get to say whether I play or not, and that's how it is. So he is just doubling, tripling down that he is going to play. And 
lot of times. Ryan, I actually don't know if I've ever heard a player who says they're going to play in a game detail an injury to the extent that he did, saying exactly just how messed up it is. You know, Ryan, it's it's always the opposite. It's always, oh, it's just it, it was a little sprain. It was a, um, you know, maybe not even a tear. Uh, I'm going to be out there because typically, especially – from like a quarterback or running back or wide receiver position, you don't want to know exactly where to hit the guy. And it's no question with Baker that the left shoulder is in shambles. He said that the hit that happened on, on this past weekend uh, didn't make it worse. It, it, and no hits in the future will make it worse. So the Broncos are playing a quarterback, Ryan, that isn't lighting the world on fire already. And he truly is down to just his throwing shoulder for this game. Yeah, um, if I was Von Miller, if I was Malik Reed, if I was Shelby Harris or Draymond Jones, I would take this personally um, because Baker is literally saying uh, they're not going to hit me anyway, so I don't have to worry about telling them where I'm hurting um, because right. I don't have to worry about them slamming me down on my shoulder. I, you know, They're not going to be able to get to me anyway. They can't get to anyone right now. Um, so yeah. they should be looking at this as a personal insult because – any quarterback who was worried about who they were facing would not want his opponent to know exactly where he's in the most pain. Now, of course, um, he'll be, you know, uh, he'll be pumping as much Toradol through his veins as blood. Um, but still, you know, when, when something is as messed up as that shoulder is right now, all it takes is one. All it takes is one hit on that shoulder, you know, dr you know, gr getting him on the ground and landing on that shoulder for all of a sudden it to feel like all those painkillers aren't there anymore. Um, I was trying so, to think of a song, Ryan, that would encapsulate that. And all I could think of was it, it's just a one hit wonder. That's what Baker is right now. Right. He can he can handle one big hit on that shoulder. Now, again, it's not going to affect his throwing motion, but you'll see little things when quarterbacks have an injury like this. Um, that affect the game. An example would be like if he feels pressure coming towards that shoulder, he might get rid of the ball a little faster than he than he really needs to because th he wants to be able to throw the ball and turn it away from the defender um, to be able to protect himself. Uh, other little things, he's obviously not running anywhere, um, so you can you know you can basically take that out of your game plan and. He's just going to be a lot more cautious with the way that he's playing out of the pocket. Now, now again, for that to matter, you have to hit him. I mean, you have to hit him a lot. Teddy Bridgewater has hit 17 times the other day, which is Oof. honestly a that joke. would That would probably knock Baker Mayfield out of this game. Absolutely. That's what I was just about to say. If you're able to hit him, I mean, honestly, if you're able to hit him half that much, so, you know, eight times in the first half, there's a chance he doesn't come back for the second half. And but, that means Case Keesum, baby. <laughs> but to do that, you're going to have to scheme that up. You know, you're not going to be able to sit back. Uh, and guess what? Uh, Baker Mayfield is going to watch that game against the Raiders, and he's going to say, wow, Derek Carr just throws it up and just plays 500 with his wide receivers the whole game. Like, I can do that without getting hit. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. He can take three steps backward off his back foot and throw it downfield for, you know, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. or whoever else he has out there, David Njoku. Um, so something to be careful of. And then the other thing is um, 
they are absolutely going to run the ball. It doesn't matter who they have. Um, they're going to plan. They're probably going to plan to have Baker throw the ball less than 20. I might even say less than 15 times in this game. All right, so we're diving into the game plan right now. And as Andrew said, he said, whiteboard Wednesday on a Tuesday? Mind blown. And because we got Thursday night football, we got to speed things up just like the Broncos are speeding things up. And so let's hop into the whiteboard. And Ryan, we've pretty much been touching on the first point here. But the first point on the whiteboard is speed up the cooking time. Don't let Baker have the time to cook in the pocket, especially now with the injury. It just makes it even more crucial to get after him and and send pressure. Ryan, it's crazy to say, but you got to trust your secondary. And yesterday, Vic said that even though they've been beat, he still trusts the secondary, especially because they haven't had any injuries. Those were Vic words exactly. So uh, Vic's going to trust him. And so if you're going to trust him, that means don't don't just have guys just kind of hanging around. If you're going to trust your secondary and put them one-on-one, then bring heat. Don't be afraid to do that. And then also that will just help, you know, create an eight-man box for you against that running game as well, which we'll talk about in a second. But don't be afraid to go after Baker because, like you said, Ryan, if you hit him four times in the first, eight times in the in the second quarter, Baker is saying it's his choice on whether he plays. But at a point, they may say, this is this is absurd. Baker, we need you the rest of this season now. And if he's going out there and he's not able to scramble, which I think he's still going to be a little fearless in that because that's actually how he re-injured this injury this past week was scrambling, even though he knew it, it was already banged up that left shoulder. So if he's doing that uh, and, and he's just not looking right, they may pull him and say, crazy enough, Case Keenum gives us a better chance this game because we need you the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, I think the Browns um, are playing this all wrong anyway. I think that they should say, hey, if we run here, he gets two weeks of rest. Um, and I know how these uh, – it's AC joint, right? That's like the main injury that they're talking about. Uh, I know how these things work. He will not be healthy until next season. But with that being said, you want to give him at least a little bit of time just to feel a little better. I, I assume what he's saying is – doesn't matter because the first time I go out there in the next game and get hit, it's going to be right back to where we are now. So, honestly, respect to Baker. I've always been a Baker guy anyway. Um, and uh, this is, you know, this is what a leader does for his team is he says, I don't care how hurt I am. If I can throw the ball, I can play. Man, it, it's true. But if if I'm his wife or I fiance, wife, I don't know which one it is. Or if I'm his agent, I'm wife. saying – uh, we don't want to put bad tape out there. You're trying to get uh, a, a $30 million per year deal right now. Wait, maybe take a step back, but that's that's not who Baker is, and that could... It, it could it could help the Broncos this week if he goes out and, and isn't. Because there's also a chance that although it's his left shoulder, that it messes with his throwing mechanics, right? And that if he goes for a 50-yard deep ball, that it only goes 47 yards. And that allows Justin Simmons to, to actually be there instead of be just shy of it like he was last week. Yeah, yeah, you would hope so. You'd hope you'd be able to get there on one of these. Um, what was I going to say? Dang, I lost my train of thought. But, oh, I'm sure what Baker is telling his agent and his wife is, guys, 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 if Cleveland doesn't want to pay me this money, someone else will, and then we get to leave Cleveland. <laughs> All right, maybe. 
The Denver Broncos? We've never thought we've never thrown his name around, but that is something that the Browns are gonna have to think about right now is is Baker worth thirty five, forty, thirty million dollars per year? And right now, Ryan, he uh he's having an an okay season, but right now in the six games that they've played, Baker his stats, I'm pulling them up, uh, is 67% completion. You'll love that. 245 yards per game. You'll definitely take that. Six touchdowns, three interceptions. I mean, people in Cleveland must be losing their minds because Teddy Bridgewater has 10-4. to four. Both quarterbacks are 3-3. Three to three. Teddy has a better completion percentage. Teddy has a better passer rating. Baker's is 97. Teddy has a better QBR. Baker's is 41. So maybe, maybe people would not be okay with Baker Mayfield in Denver. Yeah, I mean, as we know, the standards are too high here in the first place, but uh, I'll, I'll absolutely take Baker uh, as the quarterback of this team. Um, but you, know, you also have to remember the way that that team runs the ball. I mean, they run the hell out of that thing. So he doesn't have to throw nearly as many touchdowns. Um, and, and basically being able to run the ball in the red zone to me might be the single most valuable thing that you can have. Um, it just, it, it makes your life so much easier because it's, it's a very rare thing. Basically, you know, for all intents and purposes, when you get into the red zone and the closer that you get to the goal line, you basically get the safeties down in the box on every play because there's nowhere else for them to go. Um, so it gets harder and harder to run the ball because everyone's just closer to the line of scrimmage in the first place. So uh, they do it really well. Uh, and it's one thing that the Broncos are going to have to prepare for this week. And Zach, maybe we'll uh, move on in the whiteboard here um, because yeah, you this just lead me. Ryan, you just really want to talk about the running game right now, so let, let's get to that. Next one is Javante Gordon, Melvin Williams, and Ryan, the reason I put it like this is the Broncos have to run the football, and we know it's going to be pretty much 50-50 between those two guys, but make it make it so that those guys are on the field and getting the ball more than 50% of your offensive snaps. We talked about it yesterday. Melvin Gordon, what he brings is just consistency. That's what he's brought this season so far. He's getting pretty much five yards every time he touches the ball. Javante, he brings that explosion that the Broncos need on the offensive side of the ball. And then there's some inconsistency as well as he as he adjusts to the NFL game uh, and the NFL holes that are there. But use those guys, especially in the red zone. And Ryan, you just pointed to it. The Broncos have been bad in the red zone. They're only scoring touchdowns on 45% of their red zone trips. That's 28th in the NFL. That's bottom five. However, the Cleveland Browns, aren't that good stopping teams in the red zone. They're giving up touchdowns on 70% of opposing teams' trips to the red zone. That is in the bottom 10 right there. So uh, you're talking about it. You're talking about it right there. Use those guys specifically when you get in the red zone to to really capitalize on a defense that's struggling there. Yeah, go go get after uh, old Joe Woods, old friend Joe Woods. Um, friend? Yeah, well... <laughs> story for another day um anyways uh you gotta run the ball you absolutely have to be able to run the ball and to me it would be my offensive focus coming into this game is let's see what happens and personally i don't like the way i don't like splitting the carries i think it's i think the fact that it continues to be like exactly 50 50 every week almost feels 
like a joke to me. Um, so what? What? Why don't you like it? What do you want to see more? Talk to literally any running back of all time, and they will tell you that they have to be able to get into a rhythm in a game. They want to be able to feel the way the linebackers are reacting. They want to be able to, you know, feel the way that the the offensive line is opening up holes. See, does this defense, you know, uh, come in when you run and you have a chance to bounce outside? Do they really protect the edges? Do you have a chance for the cutback lanes? It takes time for a running back to be able to figure that out. And I, and I guarantee you, you could talk to any person who has ever played running back and they would say, I really need at least 15 carries, at least. Uh, in a game to really be able to get it rolling, you know, by maybe by the eighth, ninth carries when you start to start to feel it. And the Broncos are leaving every game with these guys, eight and nine, 10 and 11, um, you know, and it's, it's, it does not work. It's not the way that the players prefer it. And I don't know why you would, I mean, this goes back to an issue I have with Patrick. I don't know why you would do things that your players don't prefer. Right. And well, so, so my, my question, uh, and I totally agree with you there, but my question wasn't that you're advocating for 100% Javante or uh, 75% Melvin. No, I, I don't care. Honestly, like I would prefer it, it be Javante. I know that he's basically been a boomer bust proposition at this point with the way that he's running the ball. Maybe not quite as much boomer bust, but I, it, it's if you want to do Melvin, that's cool with me too. Just let one yeah. of these guys go off. Like give them yeah. the opportunity. Um, that's all I want to see. So um, I would come into this game saying, what happens if we give Javante Williams 20 carries? I just want to see. want to see. Yeah, yeah, very, very fair. Uh, and just a quick shout out to Mr. Stumi with a super sticker. We really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in. Looks young. <laughs> yeah, I mean, looks about my age right there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on to the next one on the whiteboard here. Well, and... Well, yeah, we'll we'll get to it. All eyes on Chubb and Ryan, of course. Kareem Hunt is out in this game, and we talked about it yesterday. We talked about it today. This is a running team. The Cleveland Browns, that is what they do. They dominate the ground game on both sides of the ball, but specifically as a running team. Ryan, they have the second most carries on in the NFL. They have the most rushing yards. They have the most rushing touchdowns, and they have the best yards per attempt at 5.2. And of course, it is led by Nick Chubb, potentially the best running back outside of Derrick Henry in the NFL. Ryan, he missed this past game with an injury. It seems like he's on track to play this game, and I would fully expect Nick Chubb to be playing this game, especially with Kareem Hunt officially out of this game. But before last game, Nick Chubb had played in all five games for the Browns, and he's averaging 104 rushing yards per game, and that is with splitting carries with Kareem Hunt, who also brings 60 yards. So this is a a game where Nick Chubb's probably saying, I should be going for over 150 yards this game. That's why the Broncos not just have to know where he is at all times, but he has to be their number one priority on the the defensive side of the ball. Zach, this is terrifying. Um, Because if you go back and watch the film of the Broncos defending the run in the second half of the Raiders game, I don't know what the numbers say. Um, because the Raiders just really didn't try that hard uh, to run the ball. They were totally content with just slicing up the Broncos secondary and embarrassing them. Um, It was bad. Uh, It was really bad defending the run after Alexander Johnson went out of the game. And I guarantee you the Browns are looking at that and absolutely licking their chops. And it was actually so bad, Zach, 
that I kind of expected the Broncos to go to the free agent wire this week and find some old, washed-up, run-stuffing linebacker just to say, like, hey, like, you don't really need to know that much. Um, just go out there and stop the run for us on first down uh, or first and second down. Like, I legitimately thought it was that bad that they should just call up anyone they know. Uh, Todd Davis, perfect example. He's in Todd Denver. Davis in Denver in more of a downhill, you know, uh, run-stopping linebacker. I legitimately thought they had they had to make that sort of move because it was so bad fitting the run. Um, you see this in college a lot, and, and I don't want to be too hard on these guys, but you see this in college a lot where the, the linebackers get out of position on run plays, and it allows teams to just run all day. And I'm absolutely positively terrified that that's what's going to happen in this game um, because uh, Justin Sternad is getting better at this. He's not – that's not what he's supposed to do. He's not here to defend the run. So he's learning on the fly here. Micah Kaiser hasn't learned anything yet. So he's, you know, having to go up against this massive Browns offensive line that was designed to run over good run-stopping linebackers. And these guys are in big trouble. So if Nick Chubb plays, I am absolutely terrified and – to me, it's 100% on Vic Fangio to come up with something, any sort of plan that forces them to throw the ball with a hurt quarterback um, because otherwise they're going to just do the, like, four to six yards per carry thing all the way down the field, and it is going to be, um, like, death by a thousand paper cuts. The uh, the Oakland or the Las Vegas Raiders were a bad rushing team entering this game this past weekend, Ryan. And although they have talent, they just never ran the ball very well. In the third quarter, to your point, they ran for 5.1 yards per carry. That's a bad rushing team. What's a team that averages 5.2 yards per carry going to do against you, especially without those inside linebackers? And now what you hope is Micah Kaiser, crazy enough, he has nine starts in the NFL. And one of those starts back in the week two of 2020, he was the NFC Defensive Player of the Week because he had 16 tackles. Now, obviously, he's not that caliber of a player because he got benched uh, later on in the season and was put on their practice squad this year. That's how the Broncos were able to get him. But maybe you're crossing your fingers saying, Micah, buddy, we need one more game like that this week, especially because, Ryan, if the Broncos, if one of those guys goes out, Stranat, or let's say Stranat's not playing the well, the, the run well enough at all, you don't have anyone to turn to. Uh, you, you have uh, Wade Barrington, sweet, or Barrington Wade, sorry, sweet freaking name. Uh, but he's a rookie on your practice squad that's going to be elevated. You have Curtis Robinson, uh, a, a rookie that's going to be elevated to the act. Those are the guys you're turning to. And then, so what have we talked about? Caden uh, Stearns, he's a baller. We want him on the field more. We want him a dime, playing a little dime linebacker. Not for this game. This is this is one of those games where that doesn't work using a safety in the box right now. You need as many big guys as you can, and unfortunately, your biggest dude, them. Alexander Johnson's out. They don't have big guys. Exactly. They had, yeah. They had they had two plotting linebackers. Or maybe that's you know unfair to those guys. But Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson are not exactly the fastest guys uh, in the position in the NFL. And so they figured, well, let's fill out our depth with guys that, that are faster, and maybe yep. one of these guys can end up being our third down backer to kind of supplant those guys. And so they didn't add to that position. Like I, I, like I said, I'm terrified 
um, because I think this could be one of the more demoralizing types of games if the Broncos don't figure out a way to stop this run. Uh, like, like Nate Landman was at the DNVR bar briefly yesterday, and I just wanted to be like, dude, like, I, I, you, they need you. Like, just <laughs> like go grab a go grab a helmet uh, and go try to stop the run against Nick Chubb and those guys this week. Um, do we have an update on Nick Chubb? What we expect from him? He is progressing toward playing. Is is the update from yesterday? So uh, I fully expect him to be out there. And if not, Ryan, uh, the the Cleveland Browns are going to be turning to Ernest Johnson right now. He has three carries for eleven yards on the season. So I mean, the drop off is huge. But Nick Chubb is great. Their offensive line and their scheme has also just been fantastic for the past couple of years. Browns had one of the worst offensive lines for a while. They've really turned that around. So unfortunately, it reminds me of the Mike Shanahan days, Ryan, where if you have a great running back, he's going to be Terrell Davis. You know, he's going to be one of the best running backs in the league, the best running back in the league. If you lose Terrell Davis, a.k.a. Nick Chubb, and then you lose the backup, a.k.a. Kareem Hunt, uh, you can still plug and play with these running backs. And man, you talk about demoralized. If the Broncos lose this game because the Browns run on you with Dearness Johnson and a Baker Mayfield with one arm, oi, oi, oi. Yeah, uh, yeah. (laughs) I was positive coming into this this one. I did not mean to be a negative one, but, I mean, you just think about it. And here's here's a good thing. Here's a reason to be positive about it. Okay, go ahead. Really, really quick, the Browns last week were missing their two tackles, and I think one of them is on track to play this week, but I think they're still going to be without one of their tackles. If they're without one of their tackles, one of Baker's arms, and both of their uh, running backs, <laughs> then I'll I'll feel a little more comfortable. The one yeah. thing I'll say uh, about like having to go with Dearness Johnson, first of all, this is essentially the Mike Shanahan run system. Um, you know, it's pretty plug and play, but it does rely a lot on the vision of the running back. I don't know enough about Dearness Johnson to tell you how his vision is. So if you, if you end up with a back who's, you know, running into the backs of his offensive line, you know, on that wide zone type of stuff and not seeing those cutback lanes, well, then you have a chance. The problem is like Nick Chubb is the best at this. Um, so he's going to be able to. Uh, see where those lanes are. And, and that was the biggest problem I thought last week from those two linebackers was over pursuit. Uh, you know, they saw the run going one way. They com- they committed all the way over there. They got sucked in and, you know, there's a, there's a wide open lane with no one to protect it on the backside. So we shall see. Um, but yeah, cross your fingers uh, earnestly that it's going to be Dearness back there and not Nick Chubb. All right, Zach. Um, we talked a little bit, uh, about this game being a tough one. And I have to say, if it ends up that way, the last thing you want to do is be alone. And if it ends yeah. up being a great game for the Broncos, the last thing you want to do is be alone. Uh, you <laughs> want to come down to the DNVR bar and hang out with us. Uh, I'll be down in the bar the whole game, uh, hanging out, talking with people. Uh, if you come in, you want to talk Broncos, you want to talk uh, who should be fired, you want to talk who's the next <laughs> coach at – exposition you want to talk who's the next quarterback just come in if you see me and you want to talk say hi i'll be walking around grabbing beers doing whatever um so come hang out at the dnvr bar we're also going to be doing a live pregame show uh, for the first time on thursday night should be fun potentially a guest uh for that one that we're looking into so that'll be cool uh maybe you'll get to talk with them too 
Um, but like I said, you you want to be with Broncos country. You come, we'll spin the wheel of destiny, uh, and if it hits, everyone gets a free shot in the bar. It's just fun, uh, regardless of the game. You know, it, it's a uh, it's it's preferable to be around your fellow Broncos fans. So come hang out with us at the DNVR bar. Oh, without a doubt, I can't wait for that pregame show. So come come upstairs, come say hi. The pregame, postgame, come hang with us. And Ryan, last night, my DraftKings pick of the week was a lock. Man, should have gone with Titans money line. That was uh, that was quite a game. And man, Derrick Henry is quite a running back. He's on pace for another 2,000-yard season this year, and that's not even including the 17th game. In 16 games, he's on pace for 2,088 yards. Just absolutely single. I mean, after the uh, Ryan, after the game last night, I don't know if you caught this, Vrabel was talking, and he said, Derek's willing, and he just continues to put this team on his back and run with it. And I was thinking, man, when was the last time we had a good quote like that, where a coach is just so honest about one guy just taking over a game like Derrick Henry? But anyways, if you got in on my pick of the week yesterday, you would have won some money. But even if you did, or if you did, or if you didn't, you can still get in to win a lot of money over at DraftKings Sportsbook right now. They've got you covered. They'll have all the action for this game on Thursday night. Ryan, we're going to do some fun things with with some betting props on uh, the pregame show to make sure you tune in 5.30 Mountain Time, just about an hour before kickoff on Thursday night. And if you bet $5 on any NFL team this week to win their game and they win, you get $200 in free bets that you can spend on Saturday, on Sunday, and you can make some more money. So make sure to download the app now. Uh, Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $5 into $200 in free bets this week only. And, of course, DraftKings is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Yeah, my DraftKings pick of the week didn't hit. Uh, because the the damn Titans kept interfering. <laughs> it's Just, true. Every yeah. time they got a shot downfield, well, at least a couple times they got a shot downfield. A couple times Josh Allen just missed it. Um, he didn't look like himself last night. That was weird. Uh, I don't know if it was just because they were getting pressure. There's a couple times where he left the pocket the wrong way. Like he did a Simeon um, where he ran right into the pressure, and he's different than Trevor Simeon. He could continue to run around and get away from it. Um, Watch yourself. But, but uh, he just wasn't, I don't know, he wasn't, it, it looked like his feel was a little off last night for the game, and I didn't think it was going to end up costing them, but in the end it did. What did you think of the decision? I actually, I'm typically all about it. I did not, I, I like the play call. I did not like the decision to go for it. Ryan, you're the better team. I felt like that was a desperate move. I know you're on the road, but I still you're the better team. You should win in overtime. So just send it to overtime. That's the thing that an underdog team does, and they were not underdogs. Yeah, my issue was so I believe they had one timeout left. And you're gonna sneak it. So you're not trying for the touchdown on that play. You're right. trying for the first down. And so what's going to happen is you're going to sneak it. You're going to get the first down. You're going to have like 14 seconds or something, but no timeouts, meaning you're basically you're, you're taking that risk to get two additional chances to get into the end zone when you've been down there for a little while now, and you haven't been able to get it in to me, just say, Hey, let's reset this thing. Let's take the points and move on. If you were going to go for it, I would have acted like you were going heavy. Like you're going to run the ball 
play action and try to go for the end zone on that play. I didn't like the fact that it was a sneak personally. I, I just like that it started off and it looked like he wasn't doing the sneak. At least there was some creativity to it. And man, Jeffrey Simmons, what a beastly play to completely blow that up. Yeah, uh, I believe it's Dion Dawkins. Um, got It looked like he got hit by a truck. <laughs> yes, exactly. It, it, it was like Jeffrey Simmons knew the snap count and Dion Dawkins didn't. Exactly, exactly. Um, last one here. Shout out to Breckenridge Brewery. We've got uh, the homie in the comments. I believe that's J.I. saying, can I buy a beer on Thursday? And I was like, of course you could buy a beer. Then he corrected himself. <laughs> can I buy you a beer on Thursday? Of course you could buy me a beer. Just make it a Breckenridge beer. Um, mm. As you always should when you're buying beer. Hit up our friends at Breckenridge Brewery, the best damn brewery around. We appreciate them immensely. And uh, they've had our backs for a long, long time. It's why we put them in the bar. We've got eight different Breck brews on tap at the bar. Good company seltzers. That might actually be what I asked for on Thursday night. It seems like a good seltzer night uh, on Thursday night football, or as I like to call it, thirsty night football. Um, <laughs> so uh, looking forward to that. Looking forward to having you guys at the bar. And uh, as always, you know, if you're looking for some beers for this Thursday or this Tuesday, I don't judge, uh, hit up our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. Absolutely. All right, Ryan, let's get back to the whiteboard and get to another key. We'll look at the other side of the ball focused a lot on the Browns right now. And let's focus on the Broncos offense and what they have to do. And boy, this one is key. Keep Garrett miles away from Teddy. See what I did there, Ryan? Nice. Very good. Very good. Um, <laughs> and of course, Miles Garrett is an absolute game wrecker. Uh, right now, he is he has way better stats than the other top pick out of Texas A&M. That's a pass rusher, Von Miller. Miles Garrett has destroyed games this so far this season. He has a four-and-a-half sack game, which is crazy. He has eight sacks on the season, and he has a sack in every single game outside of week two when they played Houston. In the past two weeks, he has two sacks, and this is a guy that can destroy a game. And Ryan, I'm worried about him a lot because the Broncos' offensive line has been shaky, to say the least. You let, you let Max Crosby get three sacks on you? What's Miles Garrett going to do? Damn it, Zach. You know, we came in, we started the show <laughs> with some pretty good vibes, and... Even people in the comments are saying, like, wow, I wasn't expecting this much positivity, and I just can't keep it up anymore. I, I can't. Because we're building a game plan that I just don't think is possible. Um, oh, no. Like, it's like stopping uh, Nick Chubb with no linebacker, no run-stopping <laughs> linebackers. It's, it's stopping Miles um, Garrett after Max Crosby just made a fool of your offensive line. I, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. It, oh, they're in no. big trouble. They are in oh, big no. trouble. Miles Garrett, I don't know what I don't know what the plan is um, because it feels like the Broncos never want to dedicate the resources they need to um, to to stop guys like this. And even if they do, I, I, I I'll just say that you better come into this game saying if we are passing the ball, we are double teaming Miles Garrett, bar none, point blank. Do not pretend like there's any other way of doing this. If they do that, I'll say you have a chance to slow him down. But again, that affects you in so many other ways. Um, it's your – you better run the ball. You better be able to run the ball because third and eight is a death sentence in this game. 
It is. It really is. And Ryan, I don't know what's going on with Noah Fan. Obviously, there's there's a pretty bad clip uh, of him, maybe just misunderstanding the play. I th- I think is what it was yesterday. Yes. But what you can't do is have Noah Fant on Miles Garrett one on one. And we've seen those things happen so far this season. You have to have a tackle and a chipping linebacker or, or, or I'm, I'm sorry, a chipping tight end or just a tight end that stays in there. And maybe you're looking at Eric Salbert this week to be that guy. Andrew Beck, have him as a fullback that stays in as well. If you get beat by someone else on the Cleveland Browns defense, okay, good for, good for the Browns. Good job. Good job, Joe Woods. If you get beat by Miles Garrett, no way. And, I mean, the Browns have injuries on their defense. Uh, JOK, someone that we were very high on, he leads their team in tackles, Ryan. He was just put on the injured reserve, so that's just one piece on their defense that you don't have to worry about. So give more resources to stopping Miles Garrett. Six foot four, 272 pounds, and he is just tearing teams apart. You think I'm kidding when I say this. I, I am not. When you line up to pass the football, Eric Salbert should be in on every single play, and you should say, whatever side Miles Garrett is on, just go over there and block him. Like, I'm not exaggerating. That is the way Keep that you should simple. approach this. Right, exactly. Keep it simple. Um, you're going to have to have less wide receivers on the field. That's fine, because the wide receivers aren't going to matter when Miles Garrett is ripping Teddy Bridgewater's heart out of his chest. Um, <laughs> so... Just keep it simple. Salbert, third down, you're out there. You're just a second tackle. Actually, for all I care, put in Calvin Anderson at tight end and let him block. Like, <laughs> be creative or you are going to lose and you're going to get someone hurt out there. Oh, boy, Ryan. Uh, after I, I feel bad about our final whiteboard because it's one that you're not going to like because it's one that probably doesn't seem achievable for this team. And it's... Get a 30 burger <laughs> and the reason of course you want a 30 burger every single week but ryan the cleveland browns have won every single game that they've held their opponents under 30 points and they have lost every single game in which they've allowed their opponents to score more than 30 points so a, an easy magic number for this week would be 30 hold score more than 30 and you'll win score less than 30 and you'll lose in fact ryan in their wins They've only allowed 21 points, 6 points, and 7 points. Their defense has been dominant in their wins, giving up, what is that, like 13 points a game or something. However, in their losses, their defense has been terrible. Now, they have played good teams uh, in their losses. They've lost to the Chiefs, Chargers, and Cardinals. But those teams have put up over 100 total points. They're giving up over 35 points per game in their losses, Ryan. So that's that's the key. You're gonna have to score some points on this team. Okay, uh, this one actually <laughs> I don't feel as bad about as trying to oh. stop um, Nick Chubb or Miles Garrett. Um, now, wow. do, I think it's, do I think it's likely? No, but if you're able to execute a game plan that runs the ball, allows a running back to get into a groove, gets you in a third and. Four or better. And actually, they did a pretty good job of that this last week. Um, I liked some of the quick passes that they were using on first down. Uh, A little more creative rather than just running it into the heart of the defense on first down. It's funny, Zach. I actually asked for two things last week. It might have been on the whiteboard Wednesday show or a different one. I said, give me play action from under center and give me misdirection runs. 
And they did both of those, especially on the first drive when they went down and scored. And I was like, wow, they, they do listen to the show. Yep, um, yep. Javante Williams' big 30-yard run was also misdirection. Yes, it was. All, almost every run that they had that was successful was a misdirection run. Um, because, again, if you just run it right into the teeth of the defense, they're just waiting for that. So you at least have to mess with their head a little bit. Um, so, yeah, find a way to get into third and shorts and you have a chance because, again, you just can't afford to let Teddy have to sit back there. If you can spread it out and throw quick game all day, you've got a chance. And then if, you're go- if you are going to do this, this is non-negotiable. Three to four 30-yard-plus pass plays. Um, mm, that you connect prob- on. Yes, probably going to need four. Uh, probably going to need four 30-plus-yard pass plays that are just one play and you're into scoring range. Um, but again, if you don't have a plan for miles Garrett, and when I say a plan, it's not some like, Oh, just give him a chip and, and move on. Like truly say, we will allow anyone else in the world to beat us. But miles Garrett today, that's the only way I see that happening to me. I actually don't think you're going to have to score 30 to win this one. I, or I mean, you do need to score 30, you know, uh, if you can, but I think if the Broncos win this one, it's because Baker's not right and they commit all of their resources to the run and they slow the run down and they are able to just make this a long game um, where you win, you know, probably like 20 to 17. Um, but it's it's wishful thinking. It's it's about getting into grooves, like you said, Ryan. It's about your offense getting into a little bit of groove with the running game, shutting down their groove, not letting them get into that. And, Ryan, speaking of grooves, if you have too many grooves when you shave down under, it's because you're not using our friends over at Manscaped. You're not using that Lawnmower 4.0 because you will get a perfect shave. No nicks, no cuts with their advanced skin safe technology that the Lawnmower 4.0 has. And also, it's got that light, so you'll get to see exactly how good of a job you're doing. Where some other razors, they don't want you to see exactly because it's just not as good. And of course, make sure to check out all of the products that they have over at Manscaped. But you have to start with the Lawnmower 4.0 because it'll make you have a perfect package. And when you're over there, check out the perfect package 4.0, which of course comes with the crop preserver. Observer, the Crop Reviver, Ball Toners, uh, and of course, Ball Deodorant for you. And you'll get a travel bag with it. You'll get a nice shaving mat. And if you use the code DNVR, you'll get 20% off plus free shipping on anything you order over there. Also, the Weed Whackers, you don't want any hair coming out of your nose or your ear. Check out everything they've got. And they also have some new body wash that you got. I mean, the list goes on and on of everything they have. And the great thing is 20% off by smashing that code DNVR over at manscaped.com. Also hit up our friends over at Solace Meds. They've got smoking hot deals this month, including Dixie Gummies, 25% off, 25% off Solace Bars, 25% off Solace Sticks, which are new, uh, 25% off Mile High Extractions, and more. And when you go down there and use the code DNVR20, you can stack that discount on top of their already existing discount, and you should be able to get a free Solace Bar or King Cone by announcing yourself as a member of the DNVR family with that code DNVR20. So hit up our friends at Solace Beds. They've got four Colorado locations in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, one off of Broadway, and one just blocks away from the DNVR bar on East Colfax. It's Solace Meds. That's S-O-L-A-C-E Meds. 
It is Ryan. And also, if you want a job, getting a little groove at a job, check out our friends over at Ball, where they're adding capacity to their 400-person plant here in Golden. And of course, I'm talking about the aerospace engineering company. I'm talking about the company that made over 100 billion cans last year, and they want to hire you to be part of their awesome team. And they're an awesome company to work for. They have an equality index score of 100%, meaning they're willing to bring anyone in as long as they're willing to work. And then once you're there, they also want to support you uh, in any in anything that you have going on in your life or any groups that you support. They are an extremely supportive company. So if you want a job, go to jobs.ball.com and search for Golden. Or you can text Golden to 77222 to find out more information. So check them out. They are a fantastic place to work. My Aunt Julie just started working there, and she gives them their stamp of approval. So make sure to check them out over at jobs.ball.com. Love Aunt Julie. All right, let's move on into the questions from our members here. Uh, of course, you can become a member at thednvr.com. We'll answer all of your questions. Uh, and we start with Alaska Preston, who says, My boys. I see there's already lots of comments, so no stress that this is skipped. I believe he was the first comment to get in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> personally, I'm still feeling high on Peyton. I think he's played the personnel game this season pretty dang well. He surrounded Vic with his guys so that there couldn't be any excuses uh, that he was hampered by not giving the proper tools to run his defense. Fuller is on a one-year deal. Uh, are there any other notable contracts the Broncos could get out from under after this season? Also, is it possible for a GM to make decisions about who starts? It looks like Vic is done, and we're entering yet uh, yet another draft looking for a quarterback. If this team drops to three and six or worse, is there a chance Patton could force Drew to start? Uh, so Or Peyton will force Drew to start so that he at least gets an idea of what he has there. Thanks for your time and the content. Go DNVR, the bar, Broncos country, uh, each and every one of you, and Iceman. Yeah, right on, Alaska Preston. And and you have a great question. And yes, the GM can step in at any time and, and force a starter upon Vic. And if Vic says no, well, then Peyton would just say, okay, you're out of here. Who is going to be my head coach that will go with that guy? But here's the thing. You also mentioned it in your comment that Peyton has given Vic everything to succeed. So if Peyton gets to that point, he, he wants to still give Vic every chance to succeed. So he's going to let Vic choose his quarterback until it gets to a point. And once Drew is forced on this team, Ryan, we'll we'll know the direction that that George Payton's going to go after the season in terms of probably most likely quarterback, but also the head coach. So uh, those are kind of one, two. They go together. You're not going to see it this week. If they drop to three and six, that's when we'll probably see a quarterback change or, or some some record along those lines. Yeah, that would be uh, catastrophic to lose six straight after starting oh, three and zero. And and one thing that I, we didn't talk about, and we haven't talked about in the last two days, Zach, when talking about Vic Fangio potentially being fired in season, I just keep saying it's only happening if they have someone on the staff. It's only happening if they have someone on the staff. I want to retract that just a little bit. It will also happen if George Payton feels like the locker room is against Vic. Um, and and I'll be honest, Zach. I don't know how far away we are from that point. Uh, I don't know if it's a, it, it's not, it's not there yet where they, you know, it's like a mutiny, but I think that there are a lot more eye rolls um, than maybe you, you, well, then definitely you would hope. Um, and I think that, you know, Vic does things a certain way that doesn't exactly create the most exciting environment for people who are in that room. And 
as soon as people start to question that the way that you are doing things is the right way, when your way isn't, you know, what I would call players first, uh, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. So one thing I wanted to point out is I think that that could have an impact on a decision from, from George Payton. Even if he doesn't think there's a coach on the staff that is going to potentially be the next head coach, he might make a move just to say, look, we got to do something to get this locker room back on the same page. Yeah, you're right. And Ryan, some news coming out of Cleveland right now. Some good news, some hope. Uh, th this tweet coming in from uh, Mariah Ridenorth. She says, all you need to know about Nick Chubb sitting out Thursday's game against Denver is Dearness Johnson said, quote, I'm very excited. First time getting a chance to start. Always a dream come true. <laughs> oh, he's he's got to be earnest, right? <laughs> exactly. He's living up to the name. Um, what if he gets Brock Osweiler though? Oh, and I would not be surprised for that to happen. A young guy learning that, uh, you don't need to practice in order to play if you're really good. You know what the worst thing about like getting smoked by Nick Chubb is? Getting smoked by Dearness Johnson? No, that's worse. But I'm saying the worst oh. thing about getting beat by Nick Chubb is the man has like absolutely no swag. Um, he looks like you, uh, were creating a play on Madden and you accidentally hit like go forward too fast before customizing anything about him. <laughs> and like just getting smoked by that guy, it just makes it feel worse. Like when someone looks awesome and they're beating you, you're like, well, I mean, what, what can you do? He's a beast. Nick Chubb has like loose sleeves, no <laughs> yeah. wristbands, no gloves, yeah. no visor, like a lame yeah. helmet style. And then he's just running all over you. It feels terrible. <laughs> it really does. It does. Next one coming in from Jason17. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't feel like talking about the Bronco, how bad the Broncos are right now. So instead, can we talk about Jackson Mahomes dancing on Sean Taylor's memorial? Maybe it's time Patty grounds his wife and brother from foam privileges on game days. Okay. Uh, I'm out of the loop on this one. What happened? I I, I am too. I I'm I all I I saw something about how um I, I guess it was just a headline about that how his brother was dancing on Sean Taylor's. I think on on the field they like painted a memorial for him, especially since they were retiring his number. And I think he was dancing on it, which is Jesus man ridiculous. If what if that's the case, here? yeah, um, just well, yeah. so bad. Uh, like. Uh, yeah, I don't even know what to say. I think I'm I've uh, actively tuned out all Jackson Mahomes news, but if that's true, that's disgraceful. Yeah, probably very smart. Next one from Broncos only. You guys do such a good job building optimism during the off season, which the Broncos destroy during the season, that I think I'm actually starting to prefer the off season. Not the first person <laughs> to say this. It um, is very true. And sadly, it's it's topical. Um, because we are talking about the Browns this week, but for years, uh, like running into Browns reporters at the Combine or at the Senior Bowl, um, what they said is like, oh yeah, this is our on-season. Um, like <laughs> right. like the, uh, the off-season is the on-season, and uh, the, the season is the off-season. Um, hopefully we don't ever get to that point, but it certainly feels like it sometimes.
Yeah, seriously, I hope not. Lionel Hunt, attorney at law. Gentlemen, if the season continues to fall apart, to what extent do you blow this up? Just coaching? Coaching and quarterback? Trade Sutton and Orvon? P.S. After Mercury Mercury goes out of retrograde, the next event we enter is the Retro Shade Zone, which sounds like what this podcast will become with all the shade that will be thrown. Nice. I'm I'm, uh, saving that one. We're going to go into the Retro Shade Zone after... Uh, Thursday night football. Um, so uh, a lot of people talking about trading Sutton. I feel like it's just hard for me to forget that. It, like it seems like Cortland Sutton is George Payton's favorite player on the Broncos. He is. Um, and so I, I don't see him going anywhere. I will say, like, if you were going to point at a player and just body language and that sort of thing and say, which player has has Vic Fangio lost, or as an example of Vic Fangio losing the team. I would point to Cortland Sutton um, and you know, he has a contract uh, coming up for him. And I, you know, that plays into the fact that he just might be looking at it and saying like, I got to look out for me uh, more than anything else right now. And he, he would be right now. It's not a good thing um, to have from your team to have players thinking that way. Like you need a common goal. You need everyone working towards it really in any business or, you know, team uh, oriented thing, but he would be, I wouldn't blame him for feeling that way. And his body language, um, a couple times where he looks disengaged, you know, the, the one I'll point to is when he caught the ball and then just active, like willingly lost three yards and didn't get the first down. Uh, it was just like, you could just tell he's not dialed in. And then the worst one from a, if you just watched this in a vacuum, the worst film I've seen for many Bronco this year is Cortland Sutton after that interception, um, just uh, essentially just walking off the field. Um, that is rough. Like I said yesterday, I kind of give him a break for it. That's how he hurt himself last year. And so he's saying like, not again, no way, not me. Uh, you know, that's not necessarily like uh, getting hurt in the line of work or like the cost of doing business. So, um, I'm just going to let this one go. The game's over anyway. I kind of get it, but man, it's, it is a, it is not pretty to watch. Yeah. And Ryan, that's, that's the one way that I think Cortland Sutton loses favor in George Payton's eyes is if George Payton says, I don't think this is going to be something that is just Vic Fangio isolated to. I think it's going to be something that happens if we're losing, if he's if he's not playing well, if he's not getting the ball. That's the only w- way that I could see him falling out of favor with him, which is something that can happen. Or George Payton could view it th- from the other side and say, uh, Vic or, or the offensive staff has just completely lost court and Sutton. He's not going to be like this. Either way, it's, it's not good. It's not good for the coaching staff. And it, it's also a bad look for Cortland Sutton. But you know what? If he keeps putting up these 97-yard games like he had this past week, uh, he, he's going to get paid a ton of money from the Broncos or someone else. And what's crazy to me is that he just doesn't look like 100% still. And yeah, the fact doesn't. that he can put up big, big games. I mean, three big, big games this year um, at what looks to me like 80% mm-hmm. um, is wild. It really is. And Garrett Bowles is chiming in right now. He says, I know it's too early to be thinking like this, but hiring Brian Dable and drafting Anthony Richardson from Florida in 2023 sounds like a hell of a game plan to me. I think Richardson is comparable to Josh Allen, and having Dable with him would be perfect, in my opinion. I can't. 
sign off on anything that ends with the Broncos not having a quarterback until 2023. Oh, man. Tough. I mean, it might be realistic. I'm not saying it's not not what's going to end up happening, especially because I still don't love anyone in this crop of quarterbacks. Um, It will. It will eventually happen. Uh, But, um, man, Dable is a hard one for me because – well, I guess you you got to give him credit for the hand he had in developing Josh Allen. But when you watch the Bills, a lot of times it's just Josh Allen being incredible that allows that offense to, to go. Um, there's so many throws that he makes that, you know, sometimes I relate things to Madden. You're like, oh, it, it actually is like like a huge advantage to have 99 overall arm strength. <laughs> like, like he just rips a ball like all the way across the field into a small window that – it's not even necessarily that difficult of a throw, but it's a throw that Teddy Bridgewater looks over there, sees that guy and says, I can't make that throw and moves on to another read. Whereas Josh Allen sees it and he's like, oh, that guy's like in between a safety and a corner and there's a tiny little bit of room and I have to throw it 60 yards across the field to get there. Cool. No problem. Just rips it. Um, so I, I think he could be, uh, you know, kind of that, that offensive genius who comes out of this coaching class. But it does worry me that like Josh Allen is just a freak, and those guys don't come around. I don't. I, I don't know much about Anthony Richardson yet, um, but you can't just point to every big, big, uh, strong-armed quarterback now and say that guy looks like Josh Allen. Ryan, you you confuse me with Dayball. I mean, you you you. And what confuses me is you just haven't bought in on him yet. And and that now I see your reasoning a little bit. But man, I give him so much credit for taking this raw Josh Allen, who did not come in the league and just start lighting it up. But then he was able to turn him around. Uh, and and also I do think that his offensive game plans are are pretty creative. Uh, I like some of the things that he does in order to get Josh Allen on the move and get some things open for him. But I mean, you're right and and, and uh, Kellen Moore also looks amazing because of just how good Dak Prescott is and as he helped Dak probably but last year uh, he didn't do much for Andy Dalton either I'm just I'm just surprised that you're a little and you've always been a little shy on him I'm a little shy on everyone because I'm coming to the conclusion that I think the only thing that matters in football is the quarterback um, and that's true and, and so I'm just like oh yeah well that guy can coach when he has a quarterback and can't coach when he doesn't yep. what a miraculous yeah. change of events you know like um so I, i'm i want to find someone who makes something out of nothing uh and they just aren't there because you can't win without a quarterback ask bill belichick he's he's learning that right now and and it looks like he does have the quarterback of the future honestly like if you were if you didn't know what we know and you were looking for a resume of someone who makes something out of nothing, you'd be looking at Pat Shermer. <laughs> oh, wow. And you'd be saying, like, wow, this guy had pretty good seasons with Case Keenum, and Sam Bradford, and Nick Foles. Um, and you'd be like, that guy, you know what? He's never had a great quarterback, and he, he's able to, you know, uh, have those guys make per, uh, respectable numbers. And, in fact, Teddy Bridgewater this year is going to come out of this year with pretty good numbers. Uh, yep. And you're going to – be able to point to Pat Shermer and say, look at that, Teddy Bridgewater, Nick Foles, Sam Bradford. And and just on paper, you'd say, wow, that guy, you know, he knows how to make something out of nothing. But we know what it looks like in reality. Um, And it's just, I don't think there is, I don't think there's such a thing as making something out of nothing uh, at the quarterback position in football. 
And Ryan, speaking of Pat Shermer, this next one, and maybe our last one coming in from PS2 says, sadly, we keep stacking up the losses. Shermer is holding this offense back. From now on, I do not want to see Fant blocking at all. He is a liability blocking and will be you and will be more useful as another target for Teddy. No matter how many people you have blocking, they get pressure with four. So at this point, they should go three wide and have Fant pass catching with a running back chipping. Give Teddy more targets so he has more options. I feel like every time a receiver gets the ball, he is facing toward Teddy. They do not get an opportunity to get the yards after the catch. The only time when they are not facing Teddy is when they go deep. Even then, most of the time, the ball is underthrown, so they can't get yards after the catch. Am I crazy, or do you guys notice this? Notice what is that? The underthrown passes? That No, that, that a receiver is always facing Teddy when he catches the ball and, like, never not in stride. He's always kind of stopped. Um, I mean, I'm, I can think of some plays that are like that, you know, going all the way back to week one with KJ Hamler. Yeah. And what I would say to, to his point, PS2's point is you don't see a lot of easy crossers where a guy is just tearing through the field, catches it already on the run. Uh, you can do that with Noah Fant. You, I mean, you can do it really with anyone. Uh, now KJ Hamler would be a guy that you'd really want to do that with, but John Brown played in, uh, what, 20 uh, 10 plays this week and you didn't see that once yeah you saw him running a lot it was just behind the line of scrimmage <laughs> yes you did <laughs> um i don't like the idea of uh, not chipping with tight ends how about this idea zach you know i'm i'm feeling revolutionary today line up <laughs> calvin anderson at running back and let him chip oh now we're talking that's the way to uh to stop miles right it's like a second line of defense it's like a like set up the um, the PPP unit, the punt protection. Punt, <laughs> oh, right. Punt protect. What does that stand for? Yep. Yep. Um, I think you're right. Just, personal punt protector. Just, maybe it's just PP, the punt protection <laughs> unit. Um, uh, set that up on offense. So just I love set it. An, another line and just have you know like one receiver out there. Or you know I, how I they how they do. You know, sometimes they bring in, uh, you know, the Don Terry pose of the world to uh, run or throw at the goal line. Just yeah. do that. Bring in Domita Pecco, but instead of blocking for your running game, he's just blocking for, or not Domita Pecco. What am I saying right there? He did Mike come per- in at fullback. <laughs> yeah. Bring in Mike Purcell and just have him be Teddy's personal protector. I mean, I'm in. I'm in. At least it's a, at least it's a forward thinking. But <laughs> it also- would be something. You can't do the punt protection unit because you'd have too many guys off the line of mm, scrimmage. That's true. It's a good point. Unfortunate. Um, well, Zach, I think that's all we have time for. Am I right? Yep. Got to hit practice right now where we've got a full day, Ryan. They pack an entire week of media into one day. So stay tuned. There's going to there's gonna be a lot coming out today. Make sure you follow at Zach Stevens DNVR on Twitter. He's, uh, I think, the best live tweeter in the game. So, No, oh, I thank you. Uh, I thank you. Learn he, from you. A lot of content coming out. I I didn't want to take any credit, but thank you. Um, (laughs) um, And always, of course, hit up our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group if you need any dental work done. Uh, They're the best damn family-owned dentist group in the metro area, and they'll treat you like family because they're part of our family, and you're part of our family, so you already are family. Uh, Green Mountain Dental Group supported us uh, for a long time, including throughout the entirety of the, uh, the pandemic. So uh, we love it when you support them. If you need any dental work done, hit up our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group. And when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, they'll hook you up with the free Sonicare toothbrush. But for now, it's going to wrap it up for us on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Thanks to everyone uh, in the comments today. I felt like the comments were very tame. Uh, we had a 
good community vibe in there, people having some conversation. Of course, everyone's upset. We're all upset, uh, but we're in this together, and uh, hopefully you'll join us at the DMVR bar on Thursday. But now that wraps it up. Roll out the truck and took a country drive Now understand that you need some time I know some landmarks we used to hit We're flying